0: He ran through his incandescent or his, his electric incandescent light sauna over 200,000 sessions. And this was in like 1903 and 1904. And he reported all this in a book he wrote called Light Therapeutics in 1910. Boom, light therapy, 1910.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Diva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today, we have Brian Richards with SaunaSpace. Brian fully healed his toxin-related acne, brain fog, adrenal fatigue, and more with the power of the Incandescent Sauna Therapy full-spectrum near-infrared light and heat therapy. His personal journey to optimal health inspired him to create Sauna Space's Incandescent Sauna product line in order to help others discover the pathway to natural healing, which now includes the world's first Faraday cage sauna. Brian, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me, Diva. You know, and it's it's interesting. I was just using your product before we came on to the show, and um, I feel amazing right now. I had a good I had a good sweat, and I feel like uh, the toxins were were been removed from my body, and I feel energetic and alive. And and it's it's four p.m. my time, so hopefully I will be able to sleep tonight because I really feel energetic right now.
0: Yeah, but, I also uh, I also came from using it this morning myself, as I usually <laughs> use it. You know, in the morning before work, and it, it just. Every time I use it, it gives me a subtle brain focus boost that it, it puts you in a little bit of a flow state or whatever we want to ca- call it. We know that you have cognitive functioning benefits over time with light therapy and heat therapy. But for me, I, I get immediately in one sauna session. If I do that and then have a nice carb-free breakfast like fat coffee or something, then um uh, I'm very much at a hundred percent, even more, uh, in brain function and, and attitude and mood and focus. And I can definitely, even if I have a good night of sleep, if I don't do my song in the morning, I just, ha- I just lose that edge you a little bit, feel it. you know, yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, I can, I totally can see that. I, I don't use it daily, but I need to just because I, I get so dehydrated and I get so, and I don't bring the water in with me, but that's what I need to start doing. In fact, that's what I did earlier. But anyway, you know, we can get into more of how we use it individually. You have an interesting story in how you came up with light therapy and and it actually segued into your business. I mean, how did you discover light therapy personally and what did it help you heal?
0: What you mentioned in the beginning is essentially what happened to me at the end of my college career. I was dealing with what you listed, insomnia, mind racing, kind of just lethargy and, and negativity in my mood and attitude, even though I generally a, consider myself to be a positive person. I also had this odd acne that was only on my torso, kind of in the midsection. And so if you met me on the street, I didn't look like I had any problems with me. And you might say, well, well what are you complaining about? But in the inside, I had this kind of array of symptoms that I self-diagnosed six months after I discovered near-infrared therapy as adrenal fatigue but I just didn't feel good. And I didn't want to take drugs. And I got recommended to take Accutane for the acne. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge red flag for me. That's what shocked me into thinking, you know, I, I can do this better myself. Or maybe that was just my ego talking, but I got online and did my own research. And through that substantial research, I kept coming back to sauna. I kept coming back to sauna and, and toxicity and toxicants is the problem. And more general idea that the body is a is a really sophisticated system that it, if you have any poisons of any kind inside anything that's foreign of any kind you you're going to have less than optimal functioning and it's quite a gradient but that's what eventually leads to disease as the body ages and deoptimizes and and gets more poisoned by the environment and the modern poisons are you know that what we're exposed to is so much greater I, I think what I was dealing with was common and sort of in the middle of the end of the research, I discovered the incandescent sauna, Mm -hmm. which has been popularized nowadays by Dr. Lawrence Wilson. He's a physician based in um, Arizona, I believe. He has a sauna book that we, we sell. And so I'm grateful for him to, for mentioning this and and describing in his book. And uh, when I poured in more into the research, I realized, Hey, it actually started with Dr. John Kellogg, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg of Mr. Kellogg's foreign flakes. He had a famous sanitarium, you know, like a spa in the early 20th century in Battle Creek, Michigan, where he was doing some things that are now considered to be kooky, but he also did some things that were very avant-garde, like light therapy. And so really interesting, quick story. Light bulbs, the incandescent light bulb was invented in 1887. Three years later, Dr. Kellogg came on and said, hey, let's use these light bulbs to power a sauna. It's going to make a better sauna than a regular sauna. There's something special about this light. So he invented and designed and actually built what he called the electric incandescent light bath. And it's this big Victorian style wooden cabinet where you stand up inside of it and there's a large array of light bulbs surrounding you on all sides. Like, And he had over 50,000 invalids as people with chronic disease used to be called. He ran through his, incandescent, or his, his electric incandescent light sauna over 200,000 sessions. And this was in like 1903 and 1904. And he reported all this in a book he wrote called Light Therapeutics in 1910. Boom, light therapy, 1910. Wow. And there are others too that were working almost 100 years ago and using light therapy to great uh, effect on dealing with a wide array of of ailments. And so so this kind of blew my mind and I was like, okay, so I'll build my own. I built my own incandescent sauna, a very bricolage version, and in one session, my insomnia got a lot better right before Wow, bed. one session. This, one session I felt, I was like, yeah, wow. The second session, the next night before bed, I slept like a baby. And I woke up and I was like, there is something special here. How could that have uh, affected me so dramatically so quickly? So I subsequently committed to doing like four or five days a week, long 40-minute sessions or more for about six months. And at the end of that, that's when I realized all this stuff. All of a sudden, I realized, not just is my acne gone and I can sleep better. I have a lot. The, the lethargy is gone. My mood is gone. My irascibility was dramatically reduced. My the patience that I had with all people, even with my mother, was dramatically increased. <laughs> and it was just a fundamental qualitative change, right? And so, how do you put value on those types of intractable symptoms that really conventional medicine pretty much just has pain management meds for? They don't have any good curative approaches. You have to yeah. try it for yourself. There's, it's much more of a peaceful, like being back in the womb. It's just like a very comforting feeling inside of our sauna. The light therapy is a huge aspect of that, of how light, certain wavelengths of light make you feel good.
1: Yeah, let's let's actually segue into that if you don't mind, Brian. Like, so yeah. why why are these certain? wavelengths of light beneficial. I mean, I guess that's kind of goes into the definition of photobi- photobiomodulation. So could you explain that
0: and just kind of explain? Yeah, let's break it down. Photobiomodulation means uh, light controlling biology. So to have a photobiological effect, the light has to hit some part of your biology and, and be activated by the the wavelength of light itself directly. And that's called photobiology or light therapy or red light therapy, or many other names for it. Now we do have light receptors for various wavelengths of light. But when we're talking about photobiomodulation, we're pretty much exclusively talking about a very special band of light that stimulates mitochondrial response. And the mitochondria are the little batteries in the cell and they make a lot of energy for us. And what's kind of what makes our cells animal cells and allows us locomotion Mm -hmm. But it turns out those little batteries, those little power plants, are, no, are that's their most simple base role. Their much more important higher role is as a reoptimizing optimizing repairing actor in the cell. That, and they're, they're fixing things for the cell. We'll go into all the things they do. But what's super fascinating about this is how does light activate it? Every mitochondria has this special light receptor protein called the cytochrome C. It's one of the proteins involved in cellular respiration. It has the very special configuration where it has absorption bands only for this really special narrow band of light. And evolutionarily, where does this light come from? Well, it comes from the sun. In fact, people think of sunlight, they think ultraviolet, tanning, vitamin D. That's actually a small portion of sunlight. If we look at uh, the largest plurality of the sun's emission, about, you take all of it, what gets to us, 43% is near infrared. So almost half of all the light we get, of the dose of light we get of this great, this light source in the sky, the sun that nourishes all life on earth, half of it is this near infrared portion. And a big chunk of that near infrared is doing the light therapy we just described. This is like food. Light is like food. We are light eaters and light is the ultimate nutrient. And in fact, near infrared light, shining it on your cells actually satisfies your caloric requirement in part there's even cults that are called uh, the forget what they're called like light eater cults. They have them in, in India, another, in in some of the Eastern traditions where they sit outside for like two weeks at a time and don't eat anything and drink very little water, but they're photobiomodulating all day long. Mm, It's another, you know, you can keep going with this. Like there's an anthropological argument that we are hairless unlike our apes because we learn, we're, we're leveraging as much as possible energy from the sun. Right. And these these healing effects from the sun.
1: What's interesting is that you we're talking about the specific wavelength that's optimal for mitochondrial stimulation and for the body's reaction to the, to the near infrared light. What happens if you are exposed to far infrared light? There's a lot of manufacturers and commercial saunas that exist. And a lot of people have memberships to these saunas and they figure, okay, well I'm getting red light therapy and I'm getting a, into a sauna that's got heat. So I'm getting the benefits of red light therapy, but it seems like it's incorrect because they're not yeah. focusing on near. It's no, the whole no, spectrum well, th- that's completely
0: confused. People are completely confused. So just think about the sun, go back to the sun. What part of the sun heats you? So we got red light. We talked about that it stimulates the mitochondria. It doesn't heat you. We got blue light, ultraviolet, it's not heating you. Uh, what about infrared? Well, I, we already talked about uh, the higher energy portion of near infrared, the 700,000 nanometer portion that stimulates the mitochondria. Does that heat you up? Uh, actually, no, it doesn't really. What, how, does, how does light heat you up? Light heats you up by the water in your body absorbing the wavelength of light and increasing the temperature or the vibration of the water, which heats you up. So when you lay in front of the sun, it, the, it's the wavelengths of infrared that heat you are the ones that have, are absorbed by water. Water has its own absorption spectrum that starts at 980 nanometers. So right there where photobiomodulation ends, in the near, right in the middle of the near-infrared band, water absorption begins. So, so the near-infrared wavelengths from uh, 980 nanometers to 1500 nanometers, the lower end portion of near-infrared, is not simulating your mitochondria really at all, but it is heating you with this radiant heat because it's getting in quantum mechanically on average, it's getting in very many inches into the body very deep, so it's heating you radiantly. Uh, And that's how near for sauna makes you sweat so much faster. We're heating the body radiantly, as you can speak, I think, yourself to to your particular sessions.
1: Now, is there any benefit of stacking, say, your near-infrared light therapy device with a regular steam sauna so you're able to get the benefits of the mitochondrial stimulation with the near and then you're able to sweat passively which you can get rid of the toxins in your body and you could actually
0: benefit as well with the healing effects of the red light therapy yeah Uh, to answer that i would say yes we've already done that that's an incandescent sauna directly stacked whole body hyperthermic therapy on, uh, on top of photobiomodulation therapy. It's not like near infrared sauna. The heat therapy aspect is different than a regular sauna. What is the point of the two of them? The point of the two of them is to raise core temperature by three degrees for a period of minutes. Because if you do that, you get the heat shock protein response, which leads it's to the cell detox, the protein right. reflating. The essence of heat therapy is a heat shock protein response. The nucleus begins to produce heat shock proteins that make cell detox more efficient and they also have a more important role i would say of refolding proteins so they're doing protein reoptimization they're fixing misfolded and malfunctioning proteins in the body that's absolutely like a regenerative restoring effect so it's both cleansing you and it's rebuilding you and it's that cellular state of heating up the cell for a period of minutes three degrees that does that and the question is then well how do i want to heat the body Uh, I could achieve similar results in a hot tub. I don't need a sauna to do hyperthermic therapy. I just need to do, I just need to heat the body up in a sustained fashion for enough time. What I'm saying is if you want to heat up the body by three degrees, the most efficient way to do so is to use deeply penetrating near infrared light. You will do so in 20 minutes at 110 degrees in the air without any preheating versus a far infrared sauna. will take twice that time. Uh, and, and a wood finished sauna will as well I mean, typically, if you look at core temperature increase studies in saunas, um, usually it 's about a thirty minute mark for a wood sauna or a farm for a sauna even longer uh, there 's there's no question i 've tested myself uh, you know i 've had a lot of our a lot of people in the field tested too I, I I hit a three degree temperature increase in like fifteen minutes in the sauna wow so, so, it, so, so to just sum all that up. We are already stacking it. All I all we're saying at sauna space is this is a this is a more efficient way to heat biological tissue. The the farm for excuse me the finished wet the traditional sauna guys will say no no no. Look at the sauna studies. Look at Dr. Rhonda Patrick's amazing studies. Um, these are all study you know these are studies where they used a 170 degree minimum heat chamber, and that's and then they saw heat shock protein response. And I'm saying yeah, but it it wasn't. Uh, it's not heating up the air directly that does anything biologically. It's heating up the body. It's the the relevant variable here is is the core body temperature rising, it's not the temperature around you. Right, and that's our success is we're able to achieve the same core body temperature increase at a much lower, more tolerable air temperature, much quicker.
1: Exactly. I'd love to take a little deep dive in terms of the benefits of of red light therapy, and I know we talked about some of this with your own personal experiences and in terms of helping with some clearing up the skin, help increasing uh, the amounts of sleep. Um, and I, and I under, understand is that, is that the red light therapy affects the sleep because it actually increases the melatonin production in the, in the pineal gland. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're able to sleep so much better in the evening time and nighttime uh, because you have so much more melatonin production during the day. But there are other, there's such a huge benefit of other of red light therapy. Uh, people are using it for um, exercise recovery, exercise gains. And there's tons of biohackers that are really into red light therapy because of the perceived benefits for, uh, of of it. Can we go into some of the other benefits that I'm not even I haven't even mentioned? Yeah. Of bright light yeah. therapy. Uh,
0: there's over five thousand light therapy studies in the published literature now, so you can oh. really cherry pick any any symptom any disease anything and it's pretty much been studied and the reason for the ubiquitous application of light therapy across all these different symptom categories and disease types is because is because it's triggering a mitochondrial system and you have mitochondria in every cell of the body including nerve cells by the way we're seeing uh regeneration and anti you know uh, inflammation reduction And gene repair, which is anti-aging, like epigenetic repair, repairing the 3D state of the DNA so it's expressing itself better. We're seeing these types of benefits in all cell types. So let's just pick a few. uh, Near infrared light therapy is being shown to reduce neuropathy or ameliorate neuropathy and increase recovery of heart attacks and strokes. Uh, A heart attack, uh, let me say this right. You could probably say it better than me. A heart attack is a stroke of the heart. Yeah. um and so you have tissue death and then uh they the conventional medicine says you know well for that for those things you're kind of stuck with what you get whatever dies dies and you're left with what's left but it turns out uh it, in the earlier you use light therapy the better but you can actually mitigate the permanent damage and produce pretty m- astonishing recoveries of people who have had a stroke and also of TBI which also conventional medicine says, hey, six months or so after your TBI event, whatever neurological recovery you had is kind of, that's as far as you're going to get. And that's not the case. We're seeing very impressive traumatic brain injury recoveries in human studies using only light therapy. Very, very fascinating. There's one in particular, there's a veteran study and there's a youth concussion victim study where they just had really amazing results. So that's one example, but people are also getting chronic pain relief. And you can imagine inflammation reduction feels good. That's huge. So Apply that to your joints. Maybe apply that to your, uh, you know, your gut, uh, and so many other things. And so people are, if you look, the best thing to do, if you love to research and read the white papers is just look at LLLT, LLLT low level light therapy in the research. Those of you who want more, um, you know, neighbor next door type of stories and experiences are uh, on sauna dot space. You have uh, over a thousand customer reviews and you'll see in there people coming from just a wide array of issues, seeing benefit that really parallels with what we see in the literature. People are using this for gut issues, for autoimmune issues, um, um, for skin issues. One of the most widely studied uh, for, for reducing alopecia, for psoriasis, for eczema. Uh, people are using it for mood. People are using it to combat depression. And that's not, that's not medically prescribed is my understanding. Conventional medicine usually prescribes SADS lamps. So they're flickering fluorescent blue light lamps. And I think that's a, I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I don't think people need more sympathetic stimulus and more like stress. They need a parasympathetic stimulus, which is the red light. And I think when the winter, when you're not getting enough sunlight and you feel depressed in the Northern hemisphere, it's not blue light that you're missing. It's the near infrared light and the regenerative cellular healing effects that make you feel good and make you feel happy. And that's what people are missing. Let's go back a little
1: bit. And in terms of what you were talking about with the the blue light uh, lamps that people are prescribed and why that is a bad thing to use, You know, you were talking about the uh, electromagnetic frequency stress that it can apply. So why would that be some, an issue for people? I mean, we're under such, I mean, we, obviously we are
0: under a lot of EMF stress as it is. What's up with blue light? I mean, you have blue light in the sun and the sun's not bad, right? Well, the sun is not bad. The sun is amazing, but it has absolutely a high, high energy wavelength component that is killing you. Ultraviolet is easy for people to understand. It directly causes DNA damage. It causes mutations because it's ionizing radiation. Uh, blue light is right next to it. It's not quite ionizing radiation, but through uh, basically oxidative stress pathways, it, co- it indirectly leads to the same kind of oxidative the, the DNA damage that you get from ionizing radiation. And so, it's all in, in mainstream industry. It's called sometimes high energy visible light. And uh, you you see products for it. So glasses you can buy blue blockers for. Screens have have uh, you know different modes you can put them in to, to reduce the amount of blue light emitted by the LEDs on the video screen. iPhones have the night shift mode. These are all, you know, this is all recognition that this stuff is damaging to us. And so why is it damaging to us? It's because blue light, which is what we get... Uh, pretty much entirely from fluorescent lights and LEDs and all digital screens is uh, causes free radical formation that leads to DNA damage and in general just leads it's it's a it's a stress and so the sun is killing you with ultraviolet and blue but don't forget it's regenerating and healing you simultaneously with this huge larger component of near infrared as a percentage right. and and red too so you're getting at least that in instant repair now go indoors and stand underneath your brand new artificial LED lights you put in and your fluorescent lights, those are all blue, almost entirely blue, and no near-infrared, and no red. So they have the damaging component of sunlight and none of the healing components. So it's all stress. It's all bad. And on top of that, they're, they're typically pulsing light sources due to the nature of alternating current and the source of it being electricity that's also undesirable. They're, for various reasons, artificial light, the indoor light that we use to light our homes now and our offices is all artificial. It all has an unnaturally, uh, uh I would say astonishingly, high, uh, large blue light component. And so we have this big 20 really not 24, but all day long stress under this blue only light and none of that healing component we used to get. And it right. does wear us down. That's why a computer, it's not fun to work at a computer for many, many hours. Uh, there are documented effects of, of strobing light. Like people have migraine issues and other uncomfortability mood issues. And so the problem is our modern lifestyle has incorporated for with the attempted goal of, you know, increasing energy efficiency and using electricity, we've removed this beneficial, healthy component of the, the, of the normal lighting we're using in our lives. And, uh, unfortunately that has a lot of deleterious effects to our health. So it's, it's, and, and, and in the Western world, show me someone who doesn't interact with a, a screen anymore. Right. You can't That's avoid a commonplace. it. So, so what we need to do is understand that red and near infrared are the antidote to blue. And this is what we see in the in the low level light, the light therapy research, that when you get hit with red and near infrared, particularly if you wake up in the morning, don't look at your computer don't grab your phone immediately go and see if you can watch the sunrise because that's what ancestral humans did it's not just a meditative thing it's actually galvanizing your body preparing you for the onslaught of blue that's coming at sunrise <laughs> you get basically almost all red near infrared very little blue on an ultraviolet And so you get a nice dose to start you off and that galvanizes you and provides you with an antidote to the blue that's coming and then the blue starts to get to you all day long with maximal blue exposure at midday but at midday, you know you're resting under the shade of the tree. ancestral humans certainly didn't tan at 1 pm at the beach, you know, naked, because you you're getting, you're getting uh, a lot of blue light as well. But they understood, hey, this red light near, this near infrared protects us. So watch the sunrise, watch the sunset, don't get too much sunlight in the middle of the day. And that's the ancestral relationship with light, and it kept us healthy. It has these, all these healing benefits, these mood benefits, these regenerative benefits and and other benefits as well and and when we're not getting this this most ultimate most important nutrient in a daily dose like we used to we suffer we suffer a lot and you can look at thousand i think thousand kind of indications or symptoms in our culture like ms the highest incidence of ms in the world is in the northern hemisphere
1: yep that's true
0: and other things like that excuse me but uh, we're seeing a really positive impact with just this really simple, extremely low risk, high benefit exercise of sitting in um, in, in a sealed, in a, in a closed chamber with incandescent lights in front of you. And we're talking only about 20 minutes a day.
1: So it's not something that is stressful on the body and it's not,
0: it doesn't require a lot of consumption of your time. And we know everyone's time is precious, but. Uh, and and I would say like too, people are thinking, and on top of that, hey, well, what about exercise? It's really important, right? It is. But if I don't, if I have 20 minutes to do one or the other, I need to be doing the sauna space, the sauna. And that's not just me being salesy. That's me saying, what is the luxury in life? What is the rarity that most Westerners don't have in their life? They don't have rest. A lot of people, they work full-time jobs. They're kicking butt. They got families. They're doing well. They're going to the gym, working out, but they're not taking that time to rest, repair, restore, and regenerate and and people are burning out and they're getting a lot of disease even though they're you know exercising. Well the so other issue important. is that
1: when you are working out, you're sweating, but it's a different <laughs> type of sweat when you're sitting under uh the near infrared light bulb. And it's 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 passive versus active. And um when we're doing sweat when we're sweating in an active set session, we our our bodies blood flow is diverted to main organs so we're not getting the benefits of sweating from areas that need to get the toxins out because our blood flow is diverted to pump up the blood in our heart you know get the blood flow into our lungs and get blood flow into our extremities that we're working out right but when we're in a seated position in a rested uh, position and and um we're in a more of a parasympathetic state we're able to really get an even distribution of that light and have. The toxins evenly exit our body through sweat.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're basically if you're on the treadmill, you just hit it with the nail on the head. Uh, being on the treadmill is like your the cells of your body being at war. You know, you're you're pu- you're creating all this, all these tanks and 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 whatever jeeps. And this is a terrible analogy, but um, you're you're creating all these all, all these uh, you know weapons to fight this battle of locomotion. all all the energy, all the effort is going towards providing energy, you know, blood to the vital organs and the muscles and and giving energy to the muscles so they can move this body. It's incredibly energy intensive. The body is not the cells, the little workers in this are not prioritizing healing themselves at all. And so we have all this energy that we're making and and we get, you know, you get increased, you get your adrenaline pumping, you get more energy going to the more tissue oxygenation, you get growth hormone is getting created, but, it's all being used to escape the proverbial tiger in the room. That's not really there. Exactly. And, and, yeah, and yeah, when you, when you do it passively, just cellularly, we get a lot of different experience. And then there's a lot of debate with this too. Diva. There's a lot of people will say, well, no, there's no difference between the, the toxin concentration, you know, detoxing on the treadmill versus detoxing the sauna. Uh, there was a national geographic article that kind of quote unquote debunked this. But it was very problematic because they are they were measuring the sweat on of someone running on the treadmill. And they're saying, see, when you sweat, there's not, you know, detoxification through sweating is, is a bunch of BS. It's not very effective. But then if you point over, instead of their cherry pick study and look at like the 9-11 worker study where they did uh, finish wet sauna combined with niacin twice a day, long sessions with the 9-11 workers that were exposed to incredible amounts of chemicals, and they saw incredible reductions in the blood that's um, amazing. toxin levels like and I, I I've mentioned that I think that's on our site but they don't on top of that people don't have a time where they have a break from all the the oversaturation of artificial light artificial sound way too much stress maybe way too much work and then EMF stress on top of that that's 24 hours a day
1: right Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in the categories of oncology, cancer, healing, and medical ebooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. We also were able to achieve number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't gotten your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble or Books dot com. Visit from doctor to patient dot com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. And that's that's a that's a good segue. And the last thing that I really want to discuss was you know, that your competitors um, have they promote red light therapy in a different way. you use the incandescent light uh, bulb and then your competitors use led lights and talk about the differences in the two and, and, and why obviously you've been, you've been talking about the
0: incandescent lights, this whole
1: podcast session that we've been on. Yeah, the
0: whole podcast I'm talking about incandescent light and it's the incandescent bulb. It, it, it derives from the word incandescence. This is a this is the light of nature. When things incandescent nature, all it means is that you heat it up a material in nature hot enough, it begins to emit light naturally in this in this pattern that we can predict with physics laws, and we predict it using this fancy law called Planck's law in physics, and then you can measure all the wavelengths of sunlight, and the curve perfectly matches. So, we know what incandescent light is. It's full spectrum, broad spectrum light, which is all the wavelengths but in this very natural distribution power distribution of these wavelengths where we have this big primary chunk that's near infrared the sun is does that the fireplace the bonfire a the tungsten thermal eye bulb that we use in our sauna these are all incandescent light sources and that turns out it's the most natural light and we like that the best in terms of man-made photobiomodulation like light therapy devices Incandescent stands aside by itself, and that's one, one approach. I've just described that. The next approach, which is probably more widely used, actually, is the LED approach. LEDs don't produce light by heating up uh, and doing incandescence, as we find in nature. LEDs is a computer chip that you run electricity through it, and it creates a, flure- a, a gas through the electrical charge connection on the computer chip and fluoresces. So you're creating light, not through incandescence, but through fluorescence. And so what is the emission? The emission of the light is very different. And let's take an LED, a red light therapy panel, for example, just for simplicity. They are typically uh, a sharp, the the entire spectrum is 10 nanometers wide, centered on 660 nanometers or so. So you have this really, really uh, high concentration of a very narrow band. They choose 660 because 660 and then a near infrared 830 are the most stimulating wavelengths. But all of the wavelengths stimulate from 600 to 1,000 to varying degrees. Yes, there are low points. Yes, there are high points. But you do get stimulation. And when you got photobiomodulation stimulation uh, in nature, ancestrally, we got all the wavelengths at the same time in the natural power distribution, the natural curve. With an LED light therapy, we're saying, oh, no. Forget all that. We don't want the orange. We don't want the synergy, the natural form. We're going to make some synthetic vitamin C. We're going to give you the, we're going to say, okay, 660 nanometers, the most stimulating. That's all you really need to provoke this light therapy effect. So let's just give you that. And let's give you a ton of that. So it's, it's, it's not full spectrum natural light, which I would call analog light where it's messy. It's all of these wavelengths in this curve. It's a LED light is a digital Mm-hmm. stepwise light that I would call our—I mean, not unartificial, but unnatural—and there's a, definitely a role. You know, the, the, I think the vitamin C analogy is great. There's a role for vitamin C; it's very powerful. But your day-to-day is not—not not consuming pow- vitamin C powder. Your your daily maintenance consumption for your health is the orange.
1: And and a couple of questions before we we uh, we end our session here. But I wanted to ask for
0: in regards to
1: the incandescent light and the penetration for us, we'll definitely get the benefits in terms of the photobiomodulation and having it stimulate the mitochondria. But if we necessarily, do we have to necessarily sweat to see the benefits of reduction and elimination of toxins? Yeah, I mean, it's just... a great question.
0: Like, can I just use like one bulb, or can I use you know four bulbs in the middle of my living room? Like, why do you need the chamber? Why do you need the right. enclosure? Um, and the answer is you need the, the chamber cause you need to sweat and why do you need to sweat? Well, if, if your whole body is not heated up for three degrees for a sustained period of time, then you're doing more local heat therapy. And when you heat up the cells and you heat up the gut or whatever, pick an area, if you heat it up, you do get a heat shock protein response, which is absolutely causing a cell detox. But then what happens So the the, the toxins are unlocked from the cells and then they go through the pathways of elimination. And normally all day long we're we're using our, let me say this, right. Our kidneys, liver, and, and, and basically our our stool to excrete and our urine to excrete our toxins. But the skin actually uh, is the ultimate detoxifier. It's the least energetic means of getting the stuff out of us. And so We need to be sweating so that when the heat therapy unlocks the toxins from the cells and they get into the bloodstream, they're being conveyed as quickly and as efficiently as possible out of the body with sweating. If we don't sweat and we just heat up the body, like if you lay on a hot mat, there's different mats you can lay out there where it warms you and you get a good feeling. It feels great, but any toxins you unlock are being processed by your elimination organs that are already being overworked and you're not leveraging your most powerful most effective detoxifier. So the sweating is very important. And that's why you need an enclosure or some sort of situation wherein you heat the whole body up and you get a sweat response. And Dr. Klinghart says, or I think it's Dr. Klinghart, maybe I'm misquoting, but uh, only five minutes of strong sweating is good enough. Some people will say more, but I like to say that whatever sauna you're doing, you need to have that five minutes of strong kind of active sweating where it's it's like you start to drip. If you achieve that, you've achieved the goal and you're not achieving that if you just and if you if you don't sweat. In fact, I think in some ways you're you're causing more stress for these elimination organs that are already kind of overworked, the liver and the kidneys and stuff. So I think it's very important to sweat and I don't think you get nearly as much benefit if you don't sweat.
1: And the last question that I had for you is in terms of Having, say if I'm sitting at my desk and I want to get the benefits of red light therapy and I stick a a red light incandescent bulb, you know, three feet, four feet away from me, am I going to get some of the benefits of the red light therapy, even though it's three feet away and it's just a one bulb
0: and I'm fully clothed? Uh, So yeah, let's, let's unpack that. Uh, Clothing other than very light white cotton does block near infrared. So you want direct skin exposure or whatever you're doing. Number two, it's all a question of irradiance. Uh, We're going for between 10 and 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared is what the literature is indicating just on general. And so it's a wattage issue. And as you know, the farther away you get from a bulb, the cooler it is, right? Right. And the less light you get. So there's a range, there's a a distance range from the front of that bulb that's a sweet spot where you're, uh, there's a maximum distance where you get the minimum light therapy that we would call acceptable and then there's also a maximum you know a minimum distance where you get you're too close to the bulb so what's the money spot it really depends on the light source we have a unique uh, handmade light bulb that has a custom-made filament inside that runs hotter so our thermal light bulbs you can be about three feet away actually if you're talking about a an incandescent bulb that's 60 watts even if it was red you'd have to be really close to it right and you can measure this with a, a meter that costs 200 bucks, but are you getting benefit? I, I know that if you use our product in terms of a, two, a large watt, it's a 250 watt red glass incandescent bulb, you absolutely are getting benefit. Um, <clears throat> even if you are clothed, you're getting some benefit on your face. Yep. And that's another use of uh, our, our photon product, our product that has one bulb. It's not a sauna. People use it for local symptom relief, but more and more people are using it to, uh, m- again, naturalism, make that indoor light environment less artificial, more naturalistic. Be- it's doing that because it's combating the flickering effect of the fluorescent LED light all around you. And it's kind of providing that antidote of, uh, to all the blue light around you. Similar to the fireplace. When you have the fireplace on and you're not really, really close to it, you don't really feel the heat. Right. But you, ha- you feel the ambiance. You feel it's something that's hard to describe it does make you feel good and make you feel better. And I think you do get benefit and the fact that you can just have a bowl there passively and just be doing your work all day long or doing what you would normally do. Why not? Uh, that's actually what I do all day long. And this is the ideal thing. I think of course what I do, but you can do a lot of other cool hacks, like, uh, introducing, even if it's led based, introducing red light into your cubicle and, um, reducing the amount of blue light exposure from your screens, and right. there's various other things you can do, and that does benefit you. and And I think people need to look at those small changes because wherever you're at, eight hours a day, that's the environment that you want to make changes in. That's for, a good point. You know,
1: do you find that having the blue, uh, the red light maybe three feet away at your workstation, um, whether it's far enough or close enough? where you can get the melatonin stimulation, because I find it that if I'm sitting there at my desk and I'm using the red light therapy around me all day, and I just started this about two weeks ago, like I literally feel around in the evening time, six, seven, eight o'clock, I'm, I'm wiped, more so than before, and the only thing that's changed is because of the application of the red light.
0: Interesting, well, it's, it's a lot of, so it's, it's complicated, you, you could be uh, finally shifting your, body into more of a natural light cycle so during the day you need blue light because your pineal gland produces melatonin during the day but to sleep correctly and for the our sleep cycle to work right you need blue light stimulus to end after the sun sets and then melatonin gets released from the pineal gland into the whatchamacallit the supracranial brain clock thing and it tells your body to kind of go to sleep and so i think that was my experience like uh i used my sauna and Initially and you were I white. felt, I felt a relief. Yeah. I felt and I went to i wanted to go to sleep and I was Yeah, like, exactly. It was almost crawling to bed. And I think especially, you know, someone who's real more, you know, a physician, a researcher, uh, a smart guy, you're probably had many days and many times you're up late studying, using the computer, and you, you get used to that. I think people get used to our lifestyles. We're such we're such strong constitution as humans, we can take a lot of, of stress. We can kind of just deal with it, but it slowly shifts our homeostasis. It shifts us. And then one day we look back and we're like, wow, we're a totally change. How did I get to this point? And so I think when you start to introduce red light and near infrared light, particularly into your life where you haven't had it a lot or normally, um, it, it shifts you into a healing state, which for you, maybe is just, it wants you to go to bed and your body wants to sleep more so it can recover.
1: Yeah. Some people have the mean, opposite yeah. effect,
0: by the way. Some people yes. will use the sauna right before bed and they'll have a, they'll have a very parasympathetic response after the session, but it leads to some spiritual and emotional healing that leads to introspection and reflection that can keep you up.
1: It's interesting. And I wonder if their dream states improve too or change as a result um, of that stat- state. That's really interesting. And also, for me, I, I like to pair my sessions with a, a really cold sh- uh, shower. And, you know, that just kind of like wakes me up. And then it also has some benefits in terms of healing and, and optimizing my my fight or flight response whenever it's needed. Um, so that's how I pair pair the two together. And it's, I mean, it's yeah, challenging, but
0: pairing. yeah.
1: So, but I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know we need to wrap up, but I, I just want to give you an opportunity to uh, tell our
0: listeners exactly where to find you and all about your your company yes thank you so everything's on sauna.space and you can read uh, many articles i've I've written with in-depth analysis if you like the inline citation you want to read the white papers if you want a more basic understanding or more um, more more digestible understanding of things i've done a lot of, of recordings and and podcasts out there and so forth but I think one of the most interesting things is to go to sauna dot space and read some of the customer reviews on our Illuminati product or some of our other products. I think you'll find something that is relevant to you. Um, it's really, we're just really, I think offering uh, a value point that is uh, uh, incomparable. Um, and uh, I urge you to try it out. You know, it's, it's something where the proof is in, in the feeling of it. Um, so we do, a we do a hundred day trial and we let people try things out. And if you don't like it, just send it back. But you might find that this is the best 20 minutes you could possibly, you know, spend on your health. And, and um, it's, it's also something where it's a ritual. I think sometimes a little bit, we've lost rituals it, it, as we've become modern, we've become detached from our traditions and we don't have healing rituals necessarily anymore. And it's a time on top of all the other healing stuff we talked about. It's time to be with yourself and, and meditate or just concentrate for a little bit, which is also a luxury because it's so rare. You know, when did you actually get time for yourself? And so um, uh, I've tried to create that uh, experience in kind of like the middle of your high stress environment in your big city. But if you want to mm-hmm. see more and check out more and read customer stories and uh, or you can also listen to us live now, everything's on sauna.space. And I do a a live Instagram every twice a week. So you can join us on there and awesome. ask questions live and, and so forth. What's your handle on Instagram? Sonaspace. Sonaspace. Okay. Sonaspace. Sonaspace.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for this awesome illuminating uh, session that we're having on our podcast today. And uh, I look forward to, to uh, meeting you in person soon.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Diva. I'm, I'm grateful to, just uh, to, to say, you know, help people understand a little bit and bring a little bit of awareness. It's a uh, fascinating stuff, um, and we only touched a portion of it, but we we got we got some good stuff, and definitely we sure did.
1: Well, thanks again, Brian.
0: Yes, thank you, Diva. Take care.
1: Take care.